Vox Quick Hits. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Ask a Book Critic. I'm Constance Grady, the book critic for Vox, and I give recommendations that will suit your mood, either how you're feeling right now or how you would like to be feeling instead. If you tell me what you want to read, I will find you a book. So let's get started. Hi Constance, this is Namrata from Pune, India. I was wondering if you could recommend some fiction books to me based on the specific problem I have been experiencing for some time now. I have found that for the past year or so I've enjoyed reading non-fiction books more than fiction books and I am definitely more of a fiction person. So some of the non-fiction books that I have really liked uh, recently are Can't Even by Anne Helen Peterson, Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, uh, Know My Name by Chanel Miller and uh, Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Are there any fiction books you think might be similar to these non-fiction ones that I have really liked? Thank you. Okay, I love this question. So it sounds like what you are into reading right now are books that are kind of about the media and how it's messing with our brains. And that's actually something that a lot of novelists are doing really cool, really interesting things with. So this is going to be like right up my alley and hopefully yours too. The first novel I'm going to recommend to you is called Self-Care by Lee Stein. So I was actually just thinking about this book because of the latest media scandal um, about an Instagram-friendly cookware company run by two women that ended up being torn apart by all of this internal strife. It's essentially identical to the plot of self-care. It's this dark, dark satire about two women who are working for a pop feminist wellness company. And the way it echoes what happens in real life, I think, really shows how sharp Lee Stein is at observing these social dynamics and the dynamics of capitalism and pop feminism um, and sort of watching where they end up going. And it's really, really merciless about that kind of Instagram-friendly, like, girl boss, yes, queen, you're running a predatory company, but you're a woman doing it, so maybe it's secretly feminist. Like, that brand of capitalist feminism that was really popular for a while over the past few years. The thing I always think of with this book is that it opens with one of the two founders of this company sitting on a lavender chaiselong in her office, and she's drinking wine out of a mug that says male tears on it. And just instantly you're like, okay, I know what this woman is. I know where this book is going to go. And then it takes you into some very surprising places from there. And I think part of what this book is doing that's really valuable is it's saying, hey, let's look at these cliches that have been fed to us about what success should look like, especially success for women. And let's take them apart. And it does that in really, really fun, fascinating ways. So check that out. The second book I want to recommend to you is Fake Accounts by Lauren Euler. 
So Lauren Euler is this extremely talented and smart literary critic. She is also way meaner than I am. So if you are looking to expand your book critic reading list, that's an interesting angle to go into. Fake Accounts is her book about a woman who learns that her boyfriend is an Instagram conspiracy theorist who just spreads this total nonsense. And she learns this in January 2017, right as Donald Trump is taking office before she heads out to D.C. for the Women's March. What a lot of this book is about is just being extremely online, as the kids say, and all of these like easy and lazy cliches that develop in your brain because of that, and that we're sort of relaxing into thinking all the time, as though you don't have to think your own thoughts because Twitter has kind of done it for you. And her book is very, very merciless about taking that apart. It's also because Lauren Euler is the kind of critic she is, very sharp critique of a lot of the tropes of contemporary literary writing, especially among a certain kind of woman writer. She has this whole section on fragments and why she hates them that is extremely funny and a little bit mean, but very, very smart. The third book I'm going to recommend to you is actually my favorite of all three of these. So this is No One Is Talking About This. It's by Patricia Lockwood, who's a poet. And it's this kind of James Joyce stream of consciousness novel, but the consciousness is communal. The consciousness is basically Twitter. And it's just so beautifully written. I want to actually read you the first couple of lines of this book because they're so gorgeous. It goes, she opened the portal and the mind met her more than halfway. Inside, it was tropical and snowing and the first flake of the blizzard of everything landed on her tongue and melted. And the language is kind of like that all the way through. It's very heightened and just lovely to look at. Just if you are going to read a stream of consciousness novel by a poet, this is the one to do it with. Um, the main character is a woman who went viral for a tweet that said, can a dog be twins? Um, this is actually Lockwood pulling a little from her own experience because she is perhaps best known for her own viral tweet about her cat Miette, who famously says, jail for mother, jail for mother for a thousand years, in a little cat French accent. So this book sort of tracks that experience for her and what happens to her and this mind that she experiences herself as melding with whenever she goes online after a real-life catastrophe emerges. One thing that I really appreciate about No One Is Talking About This and I think really elevates it above some of the other books in its field is that while it maintains an ironic detachment from the world of being online, it does believe very strongly in emotions. Like people are allowed to have emotions in this book. And I actually remember just like full on ugly crying as I finished it for the first time because it's very deeply sincere and it's really deeply felt. So keep that in mind as you are deciding between these books. The one last book that I want to recommend for you is Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. So this book is less explicitly about being online and is more about sort of the bourgeoisie and the experience of being someone who 
is very into the lifestyle pornography of the educated middle class right now. You know, you watch the Bon Appetit videos and the Architectural Digest tours, and you have firm opinions about what kind of mustard you're going to buy when you're on vacation, that kind of person. It's about this Brooklyn family who go off on vacation to a house in Long Island and some sort of never-defined catastrophe occurs and they find themselves in this little beautiful house full of beautiful things trying to decide if they're going to go out into the world and find out what has happened and what this horrible thing that has occurred is. And they never actually do. They're just sort of clinging to the loveliness of the things around them. A lot of what this book is about is really being an elite person, being an educated and wealthy person in America in the 21st century and having all of this privilege and deciding to turn it inwards towards your lifestyle rather than to taking care of the world all around you. It's very, very smart. It's very, very mean. Really came for me in my grocery shopping lists, I'm not going to lie to you. And it was actually the Vox Book Club pick for June. And at the end of the month, we talked with Ruman Alam about the book. And one of the things that I kept thinking while I was reading this book is it does feel like an indictment of a sort, almost in the specificity of, of what's being described. But it felt as though the big moral failure that these characters had wasn't their failure to do anything to protect their community when the end came so much as it was their failure to do anything to prevent the end from arriving um, and instead turning their focus on all of their lovely, wonderful Instagram influencer things. So do you think there was something meaningful that they could have done before the events of the book begin and before the apocalypse arrives? I don't have a good answer to that. I will say this, like, we can decline the plastic straw at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. We can carry a tote bag with us when we go to Whole Foods. We could buy a Prius. Mm -hmm. I'm not the CEO of Exxon. So I can't really materially affect the planet's health. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the notion that the individual bears some responsibility to the health of the planet feels in many ways like a canard from the people who actually mm -hmm. fucked everything up so that we can spend our time wringing our hands over separating and recycling and not really dealing with what's actually happening here. Mm -hmm. So that is all for this week. If you're looking for a book recommendation, you can email me. I'm at constance.grady at vox.com. Be sure and use the subject line, ask a book critic. And remember, the more specific you can be about the kind of book you want to read, the better. Have a great day, read great books, try and not let the internet take over your whole mind, and I will see you next time. 